The title of the message this morning is, Be What You Are, Not What You Were. That's really essentially what Paul is telling Titus that these Christians need to be. And he tells us in verse 2 now, God willing we'll be expounding verses 2 and 3 this morning. He tells Titus that he needs to be teaching the people in Crete to speak evil of no man. To speak evil of no man. And we had to be very careful how we interpret a scripture like this. Because tender consciences uh, may not exactly know how to take it. <clears throat> they may misinterpret it and then uh, feel bad when to say something, when not to say something about someone. I'm sure we've all gone through that before. But uh, we have to be very careful or, or else we'll... Uh, incorrectly conclude that it's a sin to say anything bad about another person. Perhaps we've been told that before. Don't ever say anything bad about another person. That would be wrong. In fact, I've heard people brag on other people before and say, you know, I never heard that person say a bad thing about anybody. I've heard people brag on other people like that before as if it is a wonderful uh, character quality in a person to never hear them say a bad thing about anybody. And while that certainly can be a good quality to have, I'll have to go out and tell you this morning, it can also be a very bad character flaw in a person, uh, that uh, they speak no evil of anybody. They're always speaking good, or they say nothing at all, that we've been told since we were growing up, you don't have anything good to say, say nothing at all. That's not biblical. How could I preach against sin? How could I call out wrong in the pulpit? Uh, how could uh, all the people get rebuked in the Bible? And uh, uh, if uh, uh, we did not say bad things sometimes, we, we don't want to create evil. But sometimes you have to call black, black, and white, white, good, good, bad, bad. You have to call things like they really are, right? And so uh, it can be a, a bad character flaw. Paul's not telling us that we should never say anything bad about another person. In fact, I want you to listen to what Paul said about a man named Alexander. Okay? And that's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. He told Timothy, quote, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. In other words, he's going to get what's coming to him. And then he says in verse 15, Of whom, that is Alexander the coppersmith, he tells Timothy, Be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. To put it in good old East Texas vernacular, or Texas vernacular, we have some, uh, some brethren from Lubbock visiting us this morning. That's, that's, that's Texas too. So... Uh, We'll consider them Texans too. But he's saying, hey, Timothy, you better watch out for old Alex. He's trouble. He caused me a lot of problems in the past. You look out for him. And you know, there's nothing wrong with what Paul said about Alexander. Because what Paul said about Alexander was true. And the warning that he gave about Alexander was true beneficial for Timothy. You're noticing two qualities 
in Paul's statement. I was thinking about having a certain man do some work the other day, at, uh, not the other day, but a while back at my house. And, um, and uh, I, I was considering calling him. And, and uh, but you know, there's nothing wrong with cluing someone in about another person. And as I was pondering having this person come to work, I heard another man say about him and his job, I heard him say that uh, uh, he would take people's money to do a job, and he'd never finish the job, never deliver the products, never complete the labor, and just run out with their money. And he was a man that couldn't be trusted. And I was grateful that I'd get get mixed up with that fellow. I was grateful for the warning that I received. In every instance I've read in God's Word concerning this Greek word that's translated speaking evil, in every instance I've read in God's Word, speaking evil of someone involves slander. Okay? This is very important for us to understand. It involves giving a false report about another person and maligning that person's character. In Romans chapter 3, verse 8, for example... The same Greek word is translated slanderously reported. Slanderously reported. So we're talking about slander here. We're not just talking about information. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 27 through 30, the Apostle Paul gave us an example of what it means to speak evil of someone. Again, that's 1 Corinthians 10, 27 through 30. If you're taking notes, he said, If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But if any man say unto you, This is offered in sacrifice unto idols, uh, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not of thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, that is a partaker of food, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? In other words, Paul said, if I thank God for my food and I don't believe in any idols and I give God credit for the food that's set before me, then why should someone speak evil of me as if I am committing idolatry? Paul was not an idolater. So to say that he was committing idolatry was to bear false witness, was to slander Paul's character and harm his testimony before the world. Paul said that would be speaking evil of him. On the other hand, when Paul said Alexander had done him much harm, everything he said about Alexander was, number one, it was true, and number two, it was helpful. Those are the two things you need to ask yourself before you say anything. Paul wasn't trying to harm Alexander. He was trying to help Timothy. You see the difference? wasn't trying to harm Alexander by what he said. He was trying to help Timothy. He wasn't trying to harm Alexander by telling a lie. He was trying to help Timothy by telling the truth. That's the difference. Paul didn't commit slander against Alexander. Alexander, on the other hand, did against Paul. 
What Paul said about Alexander was true and helpful. What Alexander said about Paul was neither true nor helpful. So before you say something about someone, ask yourself, is this true? Then ask yourself, is this helpful? Is it helpful? And if it's not both, then it's not worth saying. Paul said, teach them, look back in your text, to be no brawlers. A brawler is a fighter. And the spirit of brawling is behind the evil speaking. You see the difference? Uh, The spirit of brawling, not the spirit of helping, but the spirit of brawling. That's behind the words of a person who speaks evil of another person. They speak evil of someone because they enjoy talking bad about them. They enjoy assaulting another person's uh, reputation. They not only talk bad about people, they talk bad to people. They like to fight. They like to argue. Y'all know people like that? They just like a fight. They like to create drama and tension between people. And that type of attitude and behavior is wrong for a child of God. The angels, when they announced the birth of Christ, they, they came announcing peace on earth and goodwill towards us from God. God didn't want to fight with us. God's not a brawler. God wanted to deliver us through His Son. And the people of God should have the same attitude towards others that God has towards them. We should do unto others as God has done toward us. So don't be a brawler, Paul said. Look back in your text, but gentle. Gentle. Now, I want to go ahead and address this here because Paul's not saying that men need to lose their masculinity. There's an attack on masculinity in the United States today. And men need to be masculine. They need to be burly, tough, gritty men. Right? So, uh, you know, don't, don't think that when he's saying gentle, that Paul's saying that uh, we all need to be a bunch of pansies. We're not. He's saying that we should, and boy, if y'all start wearing skinny jeans and start putting... Uh, Start, I don't know. I, I just can't get into all that stuff. I, I, I don't want to get into clothes because I, I know the Bible doesn't say anything about skinny jeans. But if, y'all, if everyone starts running around and the, the men start acting like, I don't know, like, like they do today, my goodness. We'll have to come up with some message on that. But he's not saying be a pansy. He's saying be gentle. Suppose a beloved aunt of yours were to pass away, and that aunt were to leave you some fine china that she had set up in her china cabinet all those years, and she put in her will or told someone, well, I won't, I won't, uh, you know, I want uh, Sheila Sexton, I, I want her to, my, my, my niece to have that china. And so she, her, her, uh, Loved ones, after she passed away, they box it up and they mail it to, to Sheila so she can have that china. And on the package are the words, fragile, handle with care. That's what you normally put on china if you're going to ship it. And so uh, when the postman comes, there's this big, burly, muscled-up postman. I mean, he looks like Brother Shepherd in a postal uniform, you know? You get the picture. And he gets that china out of his post office box, and he's being really careful with it as he comes, and he sets it down in front of that door real gentle-like, and he rings his bell, and he goes on off like he is. Now, that fellow was big and muscled up and a masculine sort of fellow, 
And uh, was his manhood taken away from him just because he didn't break that china? No. The man was acting appropriately for the package that was being shipped, for the contents in that package. And that's exactly what this Greek word, when it says gentle, in the Greek, you were looking up in a Greek dictionary, it means appropriate. Appropriate. And he'd be acting appropriately. As the postman recognized the damage that he could do to that china, and he handled the china appropriately, so we should recognize the value of a human soul and the damage that we could do to the people God loves, and we should handle them appropriately. We should handle them in the love of God. We should do so, look back in your text, showing all meekness unto all men. That is to be meek and humble, to put yourself in the position of God's servant and God's instrument of righteousness to your neighbor. Because of our fallen nature, this may come as a shock to some of y'all, I understand, but people can be hard to deal with sometimes, you know. They can. They can be very selfish, abusive, contrary. I was getting gas at the Brookshire's gas station a year or so back. My wife was with me at the time, and I was pumping gas, minding my own business, and suddenly this man walks up to me and starts staring at me like he was really angry at me. And uh, I said, sir, is there something wrong? I'm mean, just reading his facial expressions. Is, is everything okay? He said, well, he said, well you, you jumped in line ahead of me here. Well, he wasn't, I mean, if I was, he was at the pump waiting to go up, then I couldn't have jumped in. It would not even been possible. And what it was, he was parked away from the pump. And he was on his cell phone. And I pulled up and pump was open. So I pulled up there and he looked up and he got off his cell phone. And he realized he missed his turn at the pump because he was messing with his phone and he got angry. Because that, in his mind, that should be him up there at that pump, not me. And so he was angry at me. And uh, uh, <laughs> the whole conversation was ridiculous. But... I saw he was upset and offered to pull my vehicle out of the way and let him go ahead of me just to keep the peace. But he wasn't satisfied with that. He wanted to brawl. He wanted to be angry. He wanted to argue. I said, sir, there's no need to be angry. There's no need to be ugly. I told you I'd move my vehicle. He said, I can be however I want to be. I said, okay, well, you can do so while I'm filling up my gas tank. Then I went and filled up my tank. (laughs) You can't fix it. So if you're going to be angry, just go on ahead. I can't, I can't satisfy you. But if I would have responded to him like he, would have respond, like he responded to me, there would have surely been an altercation at that gas pump that day. But instead, I tried to be kind to that man. I tried to be humble. I tried to be meek. And because I did so, even though... He had his lip puckered out when I drove away. I drove away and nobody was hurt. And Christian, you, you don't have to get the last word in. You know, when I finished filling up that tank, I, did, I just kept my mouth shut. I got in my vehicle and I drove away. I didn't say, you know, up your nose with a rubber hose. That's what they used to say back in the 70s. You young kids don't. Y'all weren't around. Up your nose with a rubber hose. That's what they would tell people. 
But I, you don't have to get the last word in, you know. Um, you don't have to one-up the other guy. You don't have to brawl with the brawler. And you may think, and this way some men think, this way a lot of women think sometimes. Boy, Brother uh, Rick Lasky had some woman upset at him in Walmart the other day, and she just wouldn't let it go. The, the two buggies were close in the aisle. I mean, my goodness, it's at Walmart. You're just trying to shop. And, 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 and some people just won't let stuff go. And you may think, well, Brother Richard, if we let them get by with that kind of behavior, then we're letting them win. That's the way a lot of people think. Really? What did that, what did that man win that day at the gas pump? What did he win? The woman that... Wouldn't quit falling Brother Rick the other day and was being ugly at him and mouthing at him and he's just trying to get away and from her and shop. What does she win? They didn't win anything. You, you, you realize they actually lost. The man at the gas pump lost. The woman in Walmart, Brother Rick, she lost. We don't win by harming our neighbor. We win by obeying our God and having His approval. That's winning. That man lost that day because he didn't know what it meant to win. That woman lost that day in Walmart because she didn't know what it meant to win. Paul said, show meekness to all men. Look back in your text, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. In other words, we've been like that before. Before we came to know Christ. Before... Brother Doug, sergeant at arms and the Cossacks motorcycle gang. They like calling them clubs. They're really gangs. That's before he knew the love of God for him and Christ at the cross. He was once foolish like that, once a brawler. We too used to be like that angry man at the world, just angry at the world. We were once controlled by our flesh and lacking in the wisdom of God and the knowledge of Christ. So be patient with people, Paul says, as God's been patient with you. Thank God He's been patient with me. Whew. I lose my patience with myself sometimes. That man was brawling with me because he was disobedient to God. That's the reason. It was a relationship disconnect with his Creator. He wasn't being meek and humble to me. He was being, look back in your text, disobedient. It's a disobedient problem, disobedience problem. Not being kind to me as God had been kind to him through Christ. Not loving his neighbor. He was being a brawler, which God commanded us not to be. But I had to be patient with him. Because I also have been disobedient to my God. Just as he was that day. I also have been contrary to my fellow man that man thought he was winning a fight for one reason only. He was, look back in your text, deceived. You see how that works? He was deceived. The woman in Walmart, she may have went off proud of herself thinking, I told that fella. I know what else she was thinking. She was thinking, that man looked like a movie star. I know she was. But I told him off. They thought they were winning the war. But the truth is, the war is not between me and the man at the gas pump. The war was between him and his fallen nature. 
The war wasn't between that woman and Brother Rick at Walmart. The war was between that woman and her fallen nature. And they lost that war. God didn't call us to war against our neighbor. He called us to war against the lust of our flesh. He called us to war against our enemy, the devil. We too were once deceived, Paul said. We too used to have a carnal worldview, but now we have a biblical worldview. We see the world now through the, through the gospel message. We understand now that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers of the darkness of this world, against the, the devil and against our flesh, which tempt us to be, look back in your text, serving diverse lusts and pleasures. Why did that man get out of his vehicle to harass me while I was pumping gas? He was serving the lust of his flesh, which craved contention, which craved strife. He was of his father, the devil, and the works of his father he would do. He had pleasure in stirring up strife against his neighbor and obeying the devil's bidding. He didn't care about his fellow man like the devil. He only cared about himself. That's what the flesh does. Therefore, he was, look back in your text, living in malice and envy. Malice and envy. He envied me because I got to the gas pump before he did. The woman at Walmart envied Brother Rick because he got some space that she thought was owed to her. Envy. And malice and envy go hand in hand. They work off of each other. Plain and simple, people are malicious because they're envious. Malice and envy are like peanut butter and jelly. They just go together. I don't want someone to have a nice car, so I'll vandalize it. I'm envious of it. I don't want someone to get ahead of me in traffic, so I'll speed up and cut them off. Envy and malice. They got ahead of me. I should be up there. Malice. I don't want someone to appear to be better than me. So I'll put them down. I'll talk bad about them. Envy? Hey, I should be up there. I should have that status. Malice? I'll cut them down. They go hand in hand. Or in the devil's case, I don't want God to receive the glory that's due to him. I want everyone to look at me, so I'll rebel against him. Envy and malice. That's what started it all off in heaven. Satan was malicious because Satan was envious. People are malicious because people are envious. And therefore they are, look back in your text, hateful. Hateful doesn't mean they're impolite people. Some people are very polite, but they're hateful. Hateful means they're not loving people. They're unloving people. Again, you can be polite and still be hateful. Hate tears down. Love builds up. Hate takes away. Love gives. God loved the world. He gave His Son. Hate seeks self-interests. Love seeks another person's interests. Just like Paul said about love, charity seeketh not her own. I'll need to get some new tires for my vehicle in the future near future and I was thinking about that as I was studying this message so suppose I went to a tire store to buy a good set of tires 
And suppose there was a salesman at that store and he got a kickback on every particular brand of tire that he sold. A little, little bonus. And suppose that that salesman knows that another brand of tire, another type of tire would actually be better for my vehicle than the tire that he gets the kickback on. But when I take my vehicle in, the man's very polite, very kind, gives me excellent service, but recommends the tire he'll get the kickback on, tells me how good of a tire it is, how much better it is than the other tire, instead of selling me the tire that's better for my vehicle. That salesman hates me. He's hateful, you see. So, well, he wasn't trying to hurt you. He wasn't loving me. He wasn't giving me what I needed. He was depriving me of what I needed because of his own self-interest. It's hate. He may think I'm a nice person. He may even admire me. But he hates me because he doesn't love me. Because he's selfish and serving the lust of his flesh. He's unwilling to tell me the truth and look out for my best interest. That's how God sees it because that's how it is. He's willing to lie that he may gain off my loss. That's really what it is. That's not love. That's hatefulness. The man standing at the gas pump was hateful. He didn't like because I was in a position he thought he should have been in. So he did not want me to enjoy my day. He's trying to make me miserable at that time. He didn't care about my well-being. He sought to do me wrong. And Paul saying, remember, Christian, remember that before you knew the love of God in Christ, you weren't always so loving yourself. You also were deceived, hateful, envying, and malicious. So be patient with your fellow man as God's been patient with you. The world is hateful. Look back in your text. So we're starting to sum this up. In hating one another. That's what the world does. It's hateful. And it's hating one another. They don't, the, they don't know the love. The kindness and the humility and grace and selflessness. That God has for them in Christ. They don't know it. They don't know these things. The flesh is all they know. The whole passage is centered on the first part of verse 3. If you look in verse 3. Underscore the phrase, for we ourselves also were. For we ourselves also were. Why should we be patient with deceived people? For we ourselves also were deceived. Why should we love our enemies? For we ourselves also were once hateful. Why should we be patient with arrogant, know-it-all young people? For we ourselves also were. I was. A while back I had a young man smart off to me. And in my mind, I thought of several ways I could have put him in his place and made life very hard for him. I was at, um, <laughs> I was at a parts store. I changed my oil in my car. And so I went back to the parts store to, to dump my used oil. You know, if, if a, here's a little tip. If a store sells you new oil, they have to receive back the used oil. There you go. A lot of people don't know that. 
And so if you want to change your own oil, you go back to the, the parts store, and then they'll always have a container there to put the oil in. Well, I, I bought oil from a, a, a parts store I didn't normally buy it from. And so when I pulled up, I saw a container out there that looked like it was the waste oil container. So I got out my jug of used oil, and there's this young man sitting out there looking all proud and arrogant-like. And uh, I walked up, and I said, uh, is this the used oil container? He said, no, just pour it all over the concrete there. And in my mind, I thought, oh, I ought to pour it all over this concrete. And when his boss, who paid for this concrete, comes out and sees it stained with the soil, I said, well, that young man told me that I'd pour it all in the concrete. Ooh, that's what my flesh wanted to do, Brother Doug. But in my heart, I remembered how foolish and arrogant I used to be in my pride. I did. I remembered how I used to smart off to some of the seniors in my past. Try to let them know, I'm a man too. And I figured I was reaping a little bit of what I'd sowed when I was young. And I figured it was time for me to be patient with that young man as God and as my elders in the past have been patient with me. Why should I have been patient? For I myself also once was foolish and arrogant. And had people not been patient with me, I would have never made it to where I am today. So Paul is saying, don't speak evil of any man. Be gentle. Don't brawl. You were once these things, but now it's time to be what you are in Christ Jesus, not what you once were in the flesh. Those things have passed away. Live in the newness that you are in Christ Jesus. With that, we'll close for this morning, and God willing, we'll take back up in the next verse in uh, the book of Titus next week. And I want to go ahead and announce today that, uh, you know, I, I announced that we were going to have a uh, Genesis to Jesus class during the Sunday school hour and putting step-by-step uh, step the... Uh, the, the Bible together, like putting a puzzle piece together, making it very simple. And God willing, we'll start that. I wanted to start it uh, the week after next, but that's Memorial Day weekend. I thought there may be people out of town that may not be a good time to start it. So God willing, September 11th, everyone can remember 911, right? God willing, September 